Welcome to Talking Travel on 2NURFM. Greg Richard joined by Sally Lucas. Thanks for coming back in, Sally. Last day. Can you believe it? The last one for the year, yeah. Where's the year gone? It's nearly flying by. Hopefully next year doesn't go as quick. But <laughs> I don't either. I suppose because I was away for eight weeks. Uh, you, yeah, true. You know, you really, that, that's sort of gone and you feel like I've missed something back here. Mm, well, you you, know? you've basically missed two months, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So there you go. But look, here we are. We're at the end of the year and I just thought this year we'd share some Christmas traditions from around the world. Right, yeah. So look at some just, celebrations from all different parts uh, of the world. Just Yeah, I picked a few out and where some of the things have started from, like, for example, who first decided to bring trees inside to celebrate Christmas or where did the advent calendar come from? So... Those sort of things. Right. A couple of little, some fun facts as well, I guess. Oh, absolutely. It's Talking Travel on 2 RFM 103.7, the last one for 2023. And Sally, we're looking at Christmas, different celebrations around or yeah, traditions around the world. Yeah, different traditions. And you know, some, uh, everyone might know of some of them, but you mm. may not. Everybody uh, doesn't always research Christmas. No, they don't. Um, it's, admittedly, it's, admittedly, it was originally, a, you know, supposedly, as a Christian celebration. Of course, and it still is for, for mm. many, many people around the world. But some people don't even, cel- some countries don't even celebrate Christmas. Yep. So you've got to keep that in mind as well, especially if you're going somewhere where they don't. You've got to be careful. Yep. But... Um, <laughs> The Advent calendar, now that comes from a Latin word, which is Adventus, which means coming. So obviously, it's the coming of Christmas. So that's how that one started. And the German Protestants started counting down the days to Christmas by marking 24 chalk lines on a door and rubbing off one every day. Right, yeah. And that's how it all started. Okay. So then they had paper advent calendars, which became popular, of course. And then someone else started to get them more. Yeah, you know, they got fancier and fancier. And yep. you, a little, you open little doors and there's a picture and there's, there's all sorts of advent calendars you can get now. So you can often see even giant advent calendars um, in places like Germany and Austria that are hanging all the way down the building. And they, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's, it, they, they celebrate Christmas in a very special way, I think, in the Northern Hemisphere. You know, I think because it's winter and it's all the lights, they really have masses of lights and the Christmas markets and the mulled wine and the roasted chestnuts. And, you know, it's, yep. a, it's a big celebration for most European people. But their main celebration is Christmas Eve, whereas we do it on Christmas Day. Damn. So that, that's different there. Now, also um, decorating fir trees. So apparently pagan Europeans would bring a fir tree into the home during the winter solstice and tree worship was common. I didn't yeah, know right that. Now, I didn't know that, yeah. No. And they'd also decorate a living tree outdoors with candles and ornaments symbolising the sun, the moon and the stars on the tree of life. Because it was a live tree, of yeah. course. Um, and in Scandinavia, people decorated their homes and barns with greenery for New Year to ward off evil. Well, okay, so sure. there you go. Fair enough. Well, that's a, Since that's evergreens, a good thing to ward off. Well, that's right. Yeah. And apparently evergreens symbolise eternal life. Of course, they're always green. You know, So the evergreen trees, they're not deciduous. Yep. They don't don't die off or lose their leaves. So it's not exactly known when Christians began to use fir trees, but the cities of Tallinn in Estonia and Riga, Riga rather, in Latvia, they lay claim to being the first documented people to use have the use of a public tree at Christmas and New Year celebrations. Yes, Estonia and Latvia? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have, if you went to ask well, who were the first people <laughs> using Christmas trees, you wouldn't have said... What would you have said? I would have gone to England or something. Or yeah, yeah, I know. You'd think that, wouldn't or you? Or maybe like a, a more northern European country. but Yeah, yeah. Oh. So a little bit different. Now, yeah. how about Colombia? Uh, on December the 7th, they honour Mary, the mother of Jesus. Of course, a lot of the South American countries, of course, are, are mainly Catholic or yep. very, very Christian. And the Feast of the Immaculate of 
uh, conception, and they call it Noche de las Velitas, and I'm probably not giving that quite the right pronunciation, mm. Night of the Little Candles. So they light up their homes and streets with millions of white and coloured candles in, pa- in little patent paper lanterns. So how pretty would that look, if you can imagine that in your mind's mm. eye, you know, seeing all that, which would be lovely. So they have a lot of uh, celebrations which uh, have become increasingly public over the years. It was once just a small scale, scale rather, family-centric affair, but that's now gone into the streets. And, of course, they have music, fireworks, food markets. You know, all of that starts being celebrated. Similar in uh, Santa Fe in New Mexico. They do a very similar thing there as well, where they have the, the simple paper bags filled with a bit of sand and they sit the tea lights in it, which that's done a lot too. I think I experienced that in... Um, Thailand, they have it, and then they float them down the river. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, so they do that in India as well. Or? They, they might. I think a lot of the Asian countries do the uh, the candles in the little bags yep. and yeah, have them going around. Uh, Ethiopia. Now you, you wouldn't think of Ethiopia and Christmas, but what you got to remember is that the three wise men, also referred to as the Magi or the kings, followed the guiding star to Bethlehem from the east to pay homage to the infant Jesus, mm. and it's generally thought that the Magi came from Asia. Or Europe and Ethiopia, but many Ethiopians believe that all three wise men oh, were Ethiopian. You're right. So who knows? Oh, who knows? And they follow what they call a Julian calendar, which means they celebrate Christmas known as Ghana or Jenna on January the 7th. Then they go out in, in white traditional dress, which has got a cotton scarf with brightly coloured stripes over it. So, yeah, everyone's so funny, the, the interesting methods yeah. that people celebrate Christmas. And also the different dates as well, that everyone's doing it around the 24th. They're all yeah, s- so scattered the, around over the December, January, January period. Yeah, and just another one before we, we move on is Mexico. They have poinsettias, which originally come from from Mexico, those beautiful red flowers. You probably know them, Greg. Uh, They bloom in winter and they're indigenous (laughs) to Central America. Well, you know, Scotty Sharp would keep you up to date on that. Um, Particularly to southern Mexico and the state of Oaxaca. And the Mexican legend tells of a girl who had nothing but a bunch of weeds to offer the baby Jesus at a Christmas Eve service. So when she knelt to place the weeds by the nativity, the bouquet burst into bright red flowers. And ever since then, the flowers, who are said, whose leaves are said to be shaped like the Star of Bethlehem, you think about it, they probably Mm. are, have been known as the Flores de Noche Buena, or the Flowers of the Holy Night, which is synonymous with Christmas. Right. Yeah. So there's some of them. It's Talking Travel on 2NURFM 103.7. Today we're looking at Christmas traditions around the world, and we're up to next, Sally. Guatemala. Guatemala, Christmas in Guatemala. Yeah, they have a ritual that's unique in the world. So at sunset, which is already passed on December the 7th, the eve of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, it's called, the people gather in towns and villages across Guatemala for what they call La Cuema del Diablo, which is the burning of the devil. And since the 17th century, they believe that burning an effigy of the devil will cleanse their homes of the evils and misfortunes suffered in the previous year. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So, but today, communities gather in the plazas to light bonfires and burn the devil still. And often it's like a piñata at six o'clock on the 7th of December in the evening. And vendors sell devil horns and firecrackers. And a lot of the revelers wear devil disguises. And yeah, right. so it sounds like a bit of fun. I, and I afterwards, the, the family. Yeah, and afterwards, the families come together to eat what they call bonuelos, which is traditional donuts and drink warm fruit punch. I don't know whether I'd like warm fruit punch. Oh, I like fruit maybe juices cold. Maybe if you'd poured something in from the hip pocket, it might taste a bit oh, better. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that, Greg? Gosh, I'm slow today, I tell you. <laughs> that does sound like a lot of fun, though. It sounds like it would be a great day. 
Yeah, no, it would be. Um, then what's another one? Someone find something. Oh, Japan. Now this is this is a, cr- a cracker. Oh, okay. This one. Christmas isn't a national holiday in Japan because there's only about one percent of the population that's Christian. But its citizens have found a very interesting and delicious way they say to celebrate. But I think it was actual coup by the um, people who <laughs> decided to advertise. Rather than gathering around the table for turkey dinner, they head out to their local Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the tradition began in 1974 after a wildly successful marketing campaign by those, yeah, those, people, in those people in question saying, Kentucky for Christmas. So this food chain has maintained its Yuletide popularity, <laughs> causing some people to order their boxes months in advance. Months in advance, Or stand wow. in two-hour-long lines to get their finger-licking good chicken. I can't wrap my head around ordering <laughs> fried chicken months in advance. I know, I can't either. I wonder what it would be like. <laughs> Surely they're cooking it fresh on the day, though. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, we'll go a bit further mm. north. Where will we go? Finland. Mm. Um, on Christmas morning, Finnish families traditionally eat a porridge made with rice and milk topped with cinnamon, milk and butter. Um, and then whoever finds an almond placed inside one of the puddings, like nowadays, showing my age, it was threepences mm. in the plum pudding. Right, threepences. Then it might have gone to sixpences and yep. probably whatever. Sounds like my Can you imagine money, that, but... though, putting that in the pudding for your kids <laughs> to find it? Like, do you wonder we didn't yeah. all die choke? Or... <laughs> <laughs> and almond's pretty safe, but oh, yeah. I suppose you could choke on an almond too. But... Anyway, but some families cheat and they hide a few almonds in there so the kids don't get upset. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of the day, it's customary to warm up in a sauna together. Of course, be so damn cold. Um, While we're up that way, in Norway, um, the Christmas season called Juleborg starts on December the 3rd and they just just love celebrating the Norwegians. They just start Mm. and go out to bars and restaurants and... Have, have a ball. Oh, sounds all right. And uh, <laughs> families celebrate what they call Little Christmas on, on December the 23rd. And they have their own ritual for the day that may include decorating a cheese, making a gingerbread house, or eating this Riesen Grinskot hot rice pudding. Oh. So very similar to, I guess, in what Finland does as well. And of course, New Zealand, why don't we? We can't leave the Kiwis out, can we? No. They're just across the ditch. So what they do, they usually gather around a barbie or a grill and have a casual cookout of fresh seafood, meat and seasonal vegetables. And, of course, the New Zealand Christmas tree, which we do grow here, as well as the Pahutakawa tree, which has lovely bright red blooms on it. They used to be all up Parkway Avenue, uh, the Bar Beach end, but they replaced them with um, pine trees. Oh, right oh. Yeah, but the, the, the Pahutakawa, oh. sorry, is a very pretty tree. And then they sing carols in both English and Maori. So that's All right. yeah, that'd nice. be a lovely thing to do as well. Similar food, the Waska kind of thing with barbecues. And... Yeah, it's very similar lifestyle. I mean, yeah. we depending on how hot it is on the day. Like a lot of people don't even have the hot food anymore. You know, they go for the the seafood. Yeah, depending on the weather and you know how expensive everything is at the time. Mm. I suppose too, whether you go all out or seafood or you you know, do something else. But I think in Australia, like it's traditionally a, a family day. A lot of people, if they uh, are Christians, they go to church sometimes on Christmas Eve, like to a midnight service. Yep. So that they've got Christmas Day free, and then Boxing Day is just party day. Yeah, party day. test starts, all, everything yeah. happens, you know. Leftover day. Leftover day, ham rolls. And then pork rolls. Pass whatever. out in the afternoon at some yeah. stage. <laughs> Have a nana nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's Talking Travel on 2NURFM. Our last one for 2023, 
And before we get to the last hot deals of the year, Sally, you've got something about travel insurance that you want to mention. This is quite unbelievable, actually. Well, I thought it was. It was in the paper during the week uh, in, in a money section and it was headed up why you should not travel overseas without insurance. And since I looked at it and thought, surely people aren't there not having yeah, insurance. insurance to travel. I mean, that'd be absolutely crazy stuff. But one in six of those who travelled overseas in this recent, um, you know, uh, study they've done have not had travel insurance. I think that's... And I mean, that and said 60% of Australians under 30 said they would consider travelling overseas without cover. And 15% said they went without insurance because they couldn't afford it. Well, if you can't afford insurance, you... you you know, how do you how did you afford the holiday? Yeah. Well, like, you're spending money or anything else. Like if something happens to you, and we you know how we hear of these cases regularly. Yep. Someone's riding a scooter which you're not covered for, comes off badly injured, has to be repatriated with yeah. They have go fund me pages and everything. I say, well, that's not fair, is it? If you took out insurance, sure. none of that would have to happen. Yeah. And it's, I just cannot believe that anyone even considers skimping on travel insurance. It's a very dangerous trend. And all I'm saying is, you know. It, I mean, you don't want to die when you're overseas. I know, and I don't yeah. mean to be nasty when I'm saying this, but repatriation costs to get someone home are hellishly expensive. And even if someone is badly injured and they've got to be in business class or somewhere because they can't, you know, got a broken leg, yeah. or it, it costs a fortune. And I'm talking, you know, thousands upon thousands. And that's unfair if you're a young person, particularly to, to lump your mum and dad or someone with, you know, having to get you home. Yeah. So all I'm just saying is please, you know, if you can't afford insurance, you really shouldn't be travelling, but please don't go without it, even if you shop around, you know, yep. to get your best deal or get your travel agent, they'll do it for you and compare, you know, the different sites and look at what you need cover for. You know, I always say look at the exclusions, the inclusions is less, you know, in the exclusion, see am I covered if I do this sport or ride that or, do, you know, look at your exclusions and just make sure that whatever you're doing overseas is going to be covered by that policy. Do you think people don't put travel insurance because they probably don't do it if they travel domestically? I think so. I mean, you are covered in certain overseas countries reciprocally by Medicare as well, and you can look that up on Smart Traveller. I mean, I know I think Italy's one, England's definitely one, Malta, and I can't remember the others, yeah. but there are some companies where we do get reciprocal medical, um, in which case make sure you take your Medicare card with you when you when you travel, if you're going to any of those reciprocal countries. But like, just just don't travel without cover. I mean, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anyhow... Well. Right. Last hot deals. Last hot deals. Well, there's still a lot out there. Um, believe it or not, most of the cruise companies for next year have only got limited availability already. This That's... is People are just jumping in so early, as we keep saying, Greg, and how I keep saying, get in early. Hmm. You really do. So a lot of them now, you're looking at 25, you know, if you want to get the particular okay. itinerary right. and cabin that, that you, you want. want. Yeah, you might be able to get on, but it might be on a lower deck or it might only be the owner's suite, which is going to cost you three arms and yeah. ten legs. Or, you know what I'm saying. So the, the, you really do need to get in early. But when you do get in early, you're usually getting an early bird discount as yeah. well. So just, mm -hmm. just do that. It's really, really important. Uh, there are some um, – Viking have got some cruises on sale. I uh, know it's only not far away, up until the 24th of December, if you're still thinking of travelling for next year with some limited uh, vacancies. But they do go right through to uh, 
um, August, September 2025 if you can't get on for this year. Um, they've got 13 days, six countries, which is lovely, doing all the southern Mediterranean from Spain all the way through to Greece, savings of up to 2000 a couple. That's uh, another 22-day one going Athens to Barcelona or vice versa. You can do it in either way. It's going all the way up to Croatia, Montenegro, circumnavigating almost Italy as much as you can because it's not an island, but you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. going all the way around both the coastlines, etc. And that's got savings up to 3600 per couple. And also there's another one from Barcelona to Istanbul. And again, you can do that back to front as well. And that's also got savings of up to 3600 Hertie Gritton, they did have a Black Friday sale, which was on, as you know, a little while back. Mm. But they're calling it their Green Friday sale now. Um, right. So they're saying it's, it's yes, okay. where you can get discounts. So they've got further discounts happening there. Um, if you're looking for off the beaten track too for next year, like the Cook Islands, Jetstar's recently introduced more services into the, the Cook Islands. So we can fly direct again, which is wonderful without having to go by New Zealand. Um, and they've got a seven-night package there at the moment. Now, this is valid until the 31st of December, and it's for travel next year in March, May to July and into August. Uh, seven nights with your airfares, um, you've got transfers, accommodation and luxury, uh, re- eco-retreat with breakfast daily, etc. And that's for a bit over $2,000. Also Tonga, like pe- people look at, you know, Fiji, but sometimes going to some of these other islands, you, you get really lovely experiences with yeah. the with the, the uh, resident people mm. there. Return airfares to Tonga and you're staying in a beachfront room here right on the sand. How beautiful would oh. that be? Breakfast daily, complimentaries of kayaks, snorkeling gear, etc., etc. And you can add on dinner for $67 a day. Now, that's a seven-night package available from January through to March next year only. And you've got up until January to book that one, right up until the 25th of January. It's a bit more lead-in time. And the Solomon Islands... Um, which China is slowly taking over, but we won't go there. <laughs> so if you want to go there, I'd suggest you go there before it's China, completely Chinese. Um, and they've got the airfare again, transfers, six nights accommodation. This one you get breakfast, lunch and dinner daily and you're on a beach suite on one of the island resorts. So quite beautiful. Um, it's a little dear, of course, but you've got a lot of help. You're not really putting your hand in your pocket for much at all. So yeah. that's for around about 4500 And then that's from February to September next year. And just finally, one in our own backyard, Railway Adventures 10-Day Queensland Savannah Tour. This is uh, April to May, 28th of April to the 7th of May and 11 to 20 August. This is an incredible really rare opportunity to explore rather far north Queensland savannah country uh, around Cairns and the tropics. You're travelling by all sorts of um, transport, coach, plane and train. A lot of the iconic outback trains that you can do, which is one that's called the Gulf Lander or the Savannah Lander, where you're going over the Tablelands and out through rainforests. You go up as far as Normanton, Corumba on the Gulf, beautiful Cobalt Gorge. You go to the Andara Lava Tubes, including um, you know, Mossman Gorge, Atherton Historic Railway, etc. So nine nights accommodation, breakfast daily, six lunches and seven dinners included in that. Um, your flight to Normanton is included out of Brisbane. You've got to get yourself to Queensland to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And complimentary drinks with welcome and farewell dinners, comprehensive sightseeing with local guides and etc. So yeah, that is really, I think, fantastic. And a lot of people are interested in the outback Queensland and doing iconic rail as well. It's, it's a really quite a historic, in-depth tour of that part of Queensland. So that's only those two departures for next year on that one. And that um, starts at around about just under $6,000 and a single supplement available on that is just under $1,000 if you go solo. Marvellous. Right, so I think that's about it for this year, Greg. It's 
been a big year. It's been a huge, huge year, year. <laughs> in more ways than one. But, you know, just to everyone, all our listeners out there, all can say is wishing you just a wonderful festive season. Um, stay safe. If you're travelling, stay extremely safe and stay healthy. That's the main thing, I suppose. And, you know, look at your health and let's look forward to hoping that Things in the world settle down a bit. I don't know whether they will. be nice to think positively, wouldn't it? And we'll try and think positive. We'll, yeah, just yeah. sending positive vibes out there that we can try and make the world a happier place for some of these people. So, Lucas, Merry Christmas to you as well. Happy New Year. Thanks. Same to you, Greg. And we'll catch you in 2024. Yes, we will do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>